Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. To the book of John. We're going to read uh, a couple of scriptures out of the book of John, chapter 12. And then this morning, we're going to read one verse out of the book of Psalm, Psalm 27 and verse 4. John, John uh, 12, verse 1, and then we'll read Psalm 27, verse 4. Amen. If you have it, say amen. Then six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. Amen. In, in chapter 11, you'll read the story of when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And then in chapter 12, it starts out, by saying Jesus is at Lazarus, Mary, and Martha's home, and they're eating together, and Lazarus is there, which was raised from the dead. The, Lazarus's very existence was a testimony of the power of God. Somebody say amen. There they, they made him a supper, and Martha served because Martha was a servant. Let me say amen. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared of the poor, because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein. Then said Jesus, let her alone. Against the day of my burying has she kept this. She's kept this back for this moment. Man, for the poor always have ye, ye have with you, but me ye have not always. Much of the people, Jews, therefore, knew that he was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus also, whom he had raised from the dead. <laughs> but the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death because that by reason of him many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus amen now let's read Psalm 27 and verse 4 this was in our devotion this past week and, and while Matt was uh, Brother Matt was teaching on Thursday night. Um, 
the Lord began to uh, open some things up to me. And, and so I'm going to preach out of this scripture. One thing. Somebody say one thing. Have I desired of the Lord that I will seek, that will I seek after. How many know you seek after what you desire? So we say, man, I'm not even preaching yet. Don't sit on me yet. I'm not preaching. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Amen. I want to preach to you this morning on this subject. To behold the beauty of the Lord. To behold the beauty of the Lord. I wonder if we could lay our Bibles down this morning and, and lift our hands one more time to the Lord. Just reach with, the Bible says to lift your heart with your hands. And so we lift our heart this morning Lord, to the Lord. God, my heart is open to you. Lord, say what needs to be said. Do what needs to be done, God. I relinquish control this morning. It's not by might nor by power, but by your spirit, Lord. I pray, God, that you would minister, Lord, in a deep way in this place, God. I pray that you would minister, Lord, to every heart, to every life, God. Do what only you can do in this house this morning. I pray that your anointing would flow unrestricted and unrestrained. Utter your voice in this house, and we'll give you all the praise in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Clap your hands one more time. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. To behold the beauty of the Lord. Somebody say beauty. Amen. To behold. What does it mean to behold something? If you think about it, uh, this, this word is used a lot in Scripture, in the writing, in the Old English. It's, it's behold. Uh, um, it means to see or to perceive. Um, uh, in some ways, it means to prophesy. Amen. It means to gaze at, to, 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 to focus on. Right? To, to meditate on, to, to, to give your, your senses to understanding something. Okay? When, when we look at something with our natural eye, our, what is the goal behind looking at something? Amen. If, if you want to see, uh, the eye has the ability to give uh, very precise detail. To everything that we look at. But how many of you have ever saw something or watched something and, and somebody would say, did you see this person? And you're like, no, I didn't. How many ever been there? Did you, did you see uh, so-and-so in the background? No, I didn't see that because I was watching the main event, right? Um, uh, they're like, I can't believe you didn't see that. Amen. Because, because... We don't see everything. Amen. We don't uh, have the capability of seeing everything at the same time. We see only what we're focused on. 
Amen. We, we, can see, we only see what we're looking at in the moment. Somebody say amen. And so uh, when the psalmist is talking about seeing something, when he goes into the, to, to the, to the, to the house of the Lord, Amen. He said, one thing will I desire and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. The psalmist had a very uh, uh, strict uh, uh, reverence for the house of the Lord. Amen. He, he had a, he had a very great desire to be in the house of the Lord in the temple that was built for God. Amen. He, he, because there was things that he could see in the temple that he couldn't see anywhere else. There were things that he could experience in the temple that he couldn't experience anywhere else. And it was in the temple of the Lord that he desired to be over every other place in his life. Come on, somebody. The temple was held in high regard because the presence of God was there. Amen. And in the presence of the Lord, he said, I began to behold his beauty. Amen. I began to see things that I'd never seen before. Now, when we come into the presence of God, when you're talking about the presence of the Lord, uh, we see him spiritually. Amen. How many know that we commune with him with our spirits? Amen. There's a lot that we see in the house of God um, with our natural eyes. Um, not much of which will, uh, you know, bring spiritual edification. Amen. Sometimes our natural eye gets our focus and our spirit is not focused at all. Somebody say amen. Sometimes we get focused on the, the guy in the front tapping his foot or the kid making all the noise. There's no children in here and so we don't have to worry about that. They're in Sunday school, praise God. <laughs> All the parents say, amen. There's things that can draw our attention away from, but, but how many know that when we, when we come into the house of the Lord, there needs to be a spiritual focus. Amen. There needs to be a focus beyond what we can see with our natural eye. Come on. There needs to be a focus beyond what we can, we can hear with our natural ear. Amen. When we come into the presence of the Lord, our heart, we have got to have a desire to be there, first of all. Amen. We have a desire to hear from the God, and we got to have a desire to commune with Him. And if our hearts are open, and our spirits are open before God, we will hear things, come on, in the spirit that we've never heard. And we will feel things in the spirit that we've never felt. And it will reach down into a part of us that nothing else can touch. Amen. How many know that you can turn on the most popular sitcom and you can be entertained, but it will not minister to your spirit. And you can turn some music on and you can listen to ACDC or Metallica or whatever it is you like, R&B or rap or whatever it is you want to entertain your natural mind, but it will not minister to your spirit. The only way to get ministered to the spirit of the man is get in touch with the spirit of God. And it's only in the, in the presence of God that that takes place. Amen. We are, we are, we are, we are mind, body, and spirit. Somebody say amen. Amen. We, we have a body. Amen. How many know that we have flesh? Our flesh makes us aware of our surroundings and what's around us here on the earth. Amen. It, it, it attaches us and connects us to the things in the atmosphere and the environment on the earth. It's through my flesh that I understand that I'm cold. It's through my flesh that I understand that I'm hot. Come on. It's through my flesh I understand that, that I'm hungry. 
that I'm hangry for some apple pie. <laughs> I didn't get one amen. Memorial Day's coming. <laughs> amen. It's through my flesh and my body that I'm aware of the pain that I feel. Come on. Amen. That, that left leg that got injured when I get up in the morning, sometimes it's stiff and it hurts and it makes me aware that I still have a body. That I'm not just spirit, amen. But my mind, amen, my mind is the, is the seat of my emotions. It's, it's the control center of my being. It's where all the decisions are made. It's where, it's where I contemplate. It's where I think. It's where I reason things out. It's where I decide. Come on. It's where I make decisions of what I'm going to do and where I'm going to go and whether or not I'm going to give myself apple pie or not. Amen. How many know it's with the mind that we operate? Amen. It's the mind that we operate in this earth. And, and it, it's our emotions. With uh, Our mind is affected by our emotions. Come on, somebody. How many know our emotions are, are, are sometimes dominated by our circumstances around us? Amen. It's our emotions that we connect with the other people around us. And we create relationships with them and begin to understand them. We, we love with our emotions and we hate with our emotions. Come on. We worry with our emotions. Come on. We trust with our emotions and it's in our mind where all of that comes to a head and where, where all the input comes in and into the mainframe of who we are. And we decide which way we're going to go, what we're going to do, whether or not we're going to go to church on Sunday morning and whether or not we're going to say that thing that needs to be said to those people that we're angry at. It's with our mind that we decide. But too many times the spirit gets neglected. Because we are not just body. Amen. It's good to work out. I, I believe in it. I do it. I, I try to keep my body as, as good as it can be. Amen. I try to keep myself in good health and good condition. Amen. I try to take care of that because I only got one of them. Somebody say Amen. I only got one heart. I don't want to have to take somebody else's. Come on, somebody. Amen. We have one body. I believe in taking care of that. I believe in, in ministering to the mind. I believe in reading and, and, and conditioning the mind and, and, and trying, to, trying to get as much knowledge and information as I can. But there's, a, there's another part of me that's more important than the other two. Amen. It's with the spirit that we serve the Lord. Amen. The spirit is the center of who a person is. It's the, it's the center of who they have been made to be. Come on. It is the, it's, it's the purpose behind why God made us. Amen. It's with the spirit of a person that we're able to touch the spirit of God. Amen. It's through my spirit that I'm aware of spiritual things. Come on. It's with my spirit that I perceive the word of the Lord for my life. Come on. It's through my spirit that God ministers to me. Me in a deep way that nothing else can reach to when he said deep call it to deep spirit to spirit amen we have to understand that when we get in the presence of the lord there has to be a spiritual connection there's got to be something in me that's crying out for him and ready for him somebody say amen 
So when the psalmist said, I go, I want to go to the temple, it wasn't for his body that he wanted to go to the temple. It wasn't necessarily for his mind that he wanted to go to the temple. It was because of the spiritual connection that he had with the Lord, that he desired to be in the presence of God. And I want to tell you this morning, you might take care of your body and you might try to take care of your mind, but if your spirit is out of the way, it's going to wreck your body and it's going to wreck your mind. One thing you got to get control of this morning you got to get your spirit right with God and if you reconnect with him he's going to make everything else all right somebody say amen it's through my spirit that I serve the Lord amen somebody say it's with my spirit amen how many know that we have to become spiritual we're not spiritual by nature Amen. The Bible says that the, 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 the carnal mind is enmity against God, which means it's an enemy of God. So my natural thinking and my natural mind is against God's will for my life. Amen. In order to be spiritual, you have to be intentional. Amen. If you want more of God in your life and you want some healing for your spirit, you've got to get in the presence of God and you've got to become spiritual to do that. Amen. You can't just come to church once a week and not, never pray and never read your Bible and think that you're healthy spiritually. I want to tell you, it takes a constant diet of prayer and the Word of God in our lives, in the presence of the Lord to keep us where we need to be. Come on. You come to church once a week and uh, the whole rest of the week you're living any way you want to live, talking any way you want to talk, doing what you want to do. You're sowing things in your heart that are choking out the Word of God for your life in order for the Word of God for your life uh, to prosper and to flourish uh, and to bring forth fruit. Uh, you got to begin to weed out all that other stuff uh, that's choking out the call of God for your life. Amen. It'll choke it out. It'll damage it and it'll kill it. And when you come back on Sunday morning, you're right back where you started. Somebody say, man, I don't want to be right back where I started. I don't want to start new every Sunday morning. Somebody say, man, I mean, I want to grow past that. Amen. Uh, how many know that we need to guard our ground? Somebody say, guard your ground. When the, when the word of the Lord is sowed, it's sowed in the ground of men's hearts. Amen. We all have ground. We all have hearts. We all have a place for God to sow. Amen. But if there's a bunch of stuff growing in there that's unfruitful, that's natural, that's not been planted by God, it's going to get in the way of what God wants to do. And so we come to God in repentance and we plow under that ground and we kill everything in it. And we say, God, I I've done what I wanted to do. I lived my life the way I wanted to to live it. I've, I've said what I wanted to say. I've operated the way I wanted to operate, but I'm turning it over to you. I'm changing my life. I want you in my world. Somebody say amen. Okay. You leave that ground for a week. Guess what? There's some stuff springing back up. Amen. Stuff starts to sprout back up. Amen. Uh, if you only prayed on Sunday and you don't pray again till next Sunday, there's some stuff sprouting back up that you killed on Sunday. It's trying to sprout back up in your life. In about two or three days, you need to go back into that heart. Come on. We need to go back into the ground and we need to pluck some things back out. Come on. We need to pluck out lust. We need to pluck out fear. We need to pluck out unbelief. We need to pluck out low self-esteem. We need to pluck out bad decisions. We need to pluck out bad relationships. We need to keep 
keep plucking things out of our hearts so that God can have right away in our lives. Somebody say amen. I didn't plan on talking about that, but I said it anyways. Amen. We need to, we need to, how many say a constant diet of prayer, prayer, reading the word. Somebody say amen. When he got in the presence of the Lord, he began to get in touch with the spirit of God. And it's through the spirit of God that God begins to work on us on the inside. Because we can change the outside and the inside not be affected. Amen. And when we do that, we're hiding what's on the inside. Amen. We need to be changed on the inside. And what's on the inside will begin to be fruitful in our lives and change everything about us. It's through our spirit that that happens. Somebody say, it's in your spirit. Amen. That's why Jesus said, he said, Go and tell this people, hear ye indeed, but understand not. And see ye indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat, and make their ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and convert and be healed. Amen. It's possible for us to have eyes and not see. Come on. It's possible for us to have ears and not hear. Come on. It's possible for us to have hearts and spirits, but not understand. Amen. How many know that we got to lay aside everything that's natural and begin to reach for that which is spiritual? Amen. We got to put our faith in what God's saying. Amen. When we begin to put our faith in what God's saying, it gets down on the inside of our hearts. We begin to see and perceive with our spirit, which goes beyond all of our intellect. It goes beyond our ability to see naturally or hear naturally. Amen. It goes beyond our ability to reason and to rationalize. Amen. In our hearts heart begins to believe unto God and through the heart man believeth unto salvation. Amen. How many know that you got to believe it before you can receive it? Amen. You got to hear it with your ears and see it with your eyes. Why don't somebody this morning lift your hands and say, God, give me eyes to see, give me ears to hear and give me a heart that's understanding of your word. Amen. Somebody say amen. Jesus come to Thomas and he said, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. But blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. Amen. Amen. You don't have to see it with your natural eye to believe it. Amen. Thomas was like, man, there's no way he's alive. I saw him get killed. Amen. I, I saw him carrying him to the tomb. There's no way he's alive. I'll have to see it to believe it. Amen. How many know Jesus come walking through the wall? And he said, Thomas, went right to him. Behold my hands. Come on. Amen. He said, blessed are you because you see and you believe. But blessed are they that haven't seen. Come on. They've just heard the word preached and yet they believe. Amen. We need to have a spiritual connection with the Lord that goes beyond our senses. Come on. At some point in your life, you got to lay aside what your flesh wants, what your mind wants, what you want to see with your natural eye, what you want to fulfill in your natural body. And you got to reach with your spirit because it's with your spirit that's going to save you. It's your spirit that's going to lead you. Somebody say amen. Somebody say, it's with my spirit. When he began to have that connection with the Lord, he began to, he began to see the beauty of God.
Now, there's a lot of words that's used to describe the Lord in, in, in the Scripture, the goodness of God. How many know He's good? He's good. The love of God. How many know He's love? Amen. The, the mercy of God. The forbearance of the Lord. Amen. That leads us to repentance. Somebody say amen. amen. It's the goodness of God. That, uh, it's the love of God. It's the mercy of the Lord. It's the, it's the grace of God. Amen. That any of us are here this morning. There's a lot of words that we use to describe our Lord. How many know that he's faithful? Amen. He's faithful to his word. He's faithful to us. Somebody say amen. He's steadfast. He's unmovable, unchangeable. Amen. He said, thy word is forever settled in heaven. He said, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am the Lord, I change not. Amen. He is steadfast from generation to generation. He's the same God now that he was back in Bible days. Come on. He's the same God now as he was 50 years ago. Come on. We're serving the same God with the same spirit, with the same power. Amen. But when, when the psalmist is, is trying, to, trying to articulate what he's feeling in the house of the Lord, he said, I, I'm behold, I perceive, I see, I, I gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. Amen. Now, when we think of beauty, we think, what do we think of? Think of my wife. Come on, somebody. When the first time, first time I saw her, I was like, glory. Only the Lord can make something that beautiful. Come on, amen. The beauty caught my attention. Amen. All the men said, amen. I was like, Hey, darling, you know, I'm not smooth. That's why I try to act cool. I'm not cool either, but I'm not smooth worse than I'm not cool. So you try to act cool to pretend that you're smooth. See, the more you say, the, the least chance I had. Amen. But it's the beauty. It's the, it's, we, we, we think of the outside beauty. We think of what we see with our eyes. Amen. We think of, we think of perfectly structured faces. Come on. Or perfectly structured bodies. Come on. Or perfectly structured sunsets. Or perfectly structured. We, we think of what we see with our natural eye. Amen. But we have to understand that everything we see with our natural eye was made by something that we can't see. Amen. Everything that we behold, the beauty we behold with our natural eyes is a, is a result of, and it points to that which created it. Come on. Amen. And so you see any beauty on the earth, it should point to the glory of God. 
it should point to his ability. Come on. His ability to make something that's perfect. Come on. Not just perfect in how it looks, but perfect in how it operates. Come on. Perfect in how it functions. Perfect in how it fulfills the exact needs that are required. Come on. Perfect in every way. Something that's beautiful goes far beyond what we can just see with our natural eyes. It reaches in to the functionality, to the practice, to the purpose of everything that we can see. Somebody say it's perfect. Amen. It's, it's, it's beautiful. When you see something operate exactly the way it was supposed to, you're like, man, that's beautiful. Amen. When, when uh, we're working with Matt and, and I cut, I cut a, a two by four to fit perfect, I would say that's beautiful. It didn't happen very often. Usually I had to cut it three or four times. He's got to buy a new blade about every day because I'm cut it twice and it's still too short. Some people got that. Some didn't. That's all right. You'll catch up with it. Took me a while too. (laughs) Amen. Something that's beautiful goes beyond the, the sight. Amen. If we're limited to just our natural vision, we're limited in our ability to see the beauty of things. Amen. And the purpose of things. Because everything that was made, but were made by things that do not appear. And our faith is not in what we see, but our faith is in what made it to be. Be. Come on, somebody. Our faith is not in. He said we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. We got to learn to look beyond the natural and understand that there is a beauty of God that far exceeds his glory. Come on. It far exceeds what we can see or what we're going to behold with our eyes. It's in everything that he's done to preserve your life. Everything he's done to keep you, to protect you, to make you. Come on. To bring you to this place this morning so that you can hear his word. His beauty far exceeds everything that we can see. His beauty, his beauty is more about who he is. Have you ever looked at a person and you weren't really looking, you you got to know them real well, and, and you weren't really looking at their outward appearance, but you said, they're a beautiful person. Have you ever said that? They, they, they have an excellent spirit. They're a beautiful person. That means that you adore them, not in a way that is uh, sexual or sensual. Amen. But there's an adoration that you have on the inside because of who they are. You've gotten to know who they are, and you've gotten to know their heart. And who they are is more than what they look like. Amen. Young people, we get caught up on looks too much. Amen. But how many know, well, I love my wife and she was the most beautiful thing that I'd ever seen. But once I got to know her, I said, I'm marrying her. Come on. Amen. Because it's more than just the outward appearance. It's more than just their, their pretty eyes and their, their nice figure. It's more than that. It's more than just what they can be within themselves. It's about what's on the inside. And I'm going to tell you this morning that I've gotten to know the Lord. I've gotten to know His goodness. I've gotten to experience His forgiveness and His love. And I want to tell you, He's a beautiful God. He's, he only wants good for His children. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. 
Listen to this. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of His holiness. Beautiful for situation. The joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. As the psalmist began to write that, he's talking about the greatness of the Lord and how beautiful the Lord is. And when he describes his beauty, he says he's beautiful for situation. Now, I always took that as uh, on the surface as being he's beautiful to fulfill everything we need. Come on. In whatever situation, which is a, which a, it's a, that's a correct interpretation of that scripture. But this morning, I looked up the word situation in the Strong's Concordance. And it doesn't mean something that you're going through. It means elevation. It means elevation. Okay, you haven't caught up with it yet. Let me help you. Is that all right? Amen. The temple in Jerusalem was set on Mount Zion or near Mount Zion, right? It was in the, in the, in the, the temple mount, okay? It was, it was situated precisely, perfectly, strategically to be the centerpiece of the city. Amen. The city of Jerusalem was the temple. Amen. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't the houses. It wasn't the mansions that they lived in. Come on. It wasn't the business district it was the temple. Amen. It was situated in the center, and it was the highest elevation of anything in the city. Amen. The temple didn't look to the mansions of the people and was in all of their mansions. The people looked to the temple because it was situated in such a way that it was, it was everything that you were looking at. If you were looking at the city, you're looking at the temple. If you're anywhere in the city, you can see the temple. It was an indication that no matter where you're at or what you're going through, you can see God and he's above it. Come on. He's above it and he's overlooking it and he's in it. He's in the center of everything that we are and everything that we do. He's elevated. Come on. He's elevated. He's above. He's above the situation. It doesn't matter what it is. He's above the sin. He's above all of the, the needs. Come on. He's above it. It doesn't matter how low you go. You can see the temple. You can see the Lord. It was an indication. It, he was he precisely, strategically placed the temple so that it would be the most beautiful thing in the center of all we are and all we do. Amen. Somebody say Amen. So when it says he's beautiful for situation, he's exalted in what, wherever we're at, he's exalted. If he's our God, come on, somebody. If we, if, if he, he's the, let me just start here. It's, he should be the focal point. Amen. Amen. He's the icon. 
He's the focal point of the life. He's the focal point of the church. He's the focal point of the city. Come on. He's the focal point of the world. Amen. That was the purpose of it. His elevation, his elevation made him positioned so that he could meet every need in every life. Let me help you. It's not the temple in Jerusalem that I'm talking about. It's the temple of Jesus Christ that I'm talking about because he said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto to me. It is the exaltation of Jesus Christ that makes him precisely positioned to be the, the meter of every need. The fulfiller of every need. Somebody say amen. When he was crucified on the cross, it was the fulfillment. If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. That's why he said, for God has highly exalted him and given him a name that's above every name. That at the name of Jesus, everything in heaven and everything in earth and everything under the earth. How many know that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Amen. It was the exaltation of Jesus on the cross that made him the icon of all souls that were lost. I want to tell you this morning that Jesus is the temple. He's the fulfillment of every message, of every prophecy in the Old Testament. He's the fulfillment of the Old Testament law. And he was exalted so that we could look to him for our salvation. Wow, what a glorious, glorious word. Somebody say amen. The joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion. Somebody say Mount Zion. Mount Zion is the church. Amen. How many know that when God operates in the earth, it's through his body? Through the body of Christ, which is the church. He said, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. It's the church. That's the joy of the whole earth in Mount Zion. Amen. How many know that the, the church... Uh, which is empowered by the Spirit of God through Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. It's, it's, it's the church that people should be looking to. It's the church that should set in the middle. It's the church, come on, that should be elevated in our country. Come on, it's, it's, it's the body of Christ. It, it's, the, it's the glory of the Lord. It's the beauty of God. How many know it's beautiful for situation? If God put it in place, it's strategically positioned to be the centerpiece of wherever he plants it, wherever he, he speaks it, wherever he sets it. It should be the centerpiece of that place. How many know that we need the glory of God? We need the power of God in operation in our church. If we're going to be what God has called us to be in this city, we need to become the center point. Somebody say amen. The beauty of the Lord goes beyond our natural senses. Amen. It's the suitableness with which he operates. The perfectness in his voice. The impeccable timing of his will. His ability to know what's needed. And meet that need with precision. And with grace. How many of you experienced the beautiful presence of the Lord in your life? Amen. Whatever you're dealing with this morning, he's beautiful for it. Amen. He's already ready. He's already there. He's already above it. He's already capable of meeting that need. In Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. In John chapter 12, back to our story. 
You guys are quiet this morning. I'm yelling and you're quiet. When I yell, you're supposed to yell. Somebody say amen. Amen. Very good. Jesus is in the house of Martha and Mary. And just in the, in the, the chapter prior to this one, he raised Lazarus from the dead, which is one of the, the greatest miracles of his time in ministry on the earth. And he did it uh, right before uh, he was supposed to go to Jerusalem and give his life. I mean, you know, he was the Passover lamb. And many of the people believed on Jesus because of this miracle that he performed in Lazarus' life. And they're sitting in the house and they're eating a meal. And uh, they're having time of fellowship together, uh, enjoying each other's company. And the Bible is specific in letting us know that Lazarus was there. And he sat at the table. With Jesus. Amen. And many of the people came to that house that day. Not for Jesus' sake. But to see Lazarus. Could this really be true? Amen. Somebody say amen. And so they're sitting eating. Martha's serving. Amen. You remember the scripture where it says Martha was cumbered about much serving. And she told, she, she told Jesus, uh, would you bid her to help me? Because Mary's sitting at Jesus' feet, worshiping the Lord. And, and Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you know, you're, you're very busy with your serving. And, and you're coming about much. You're worried about a lot of things. But Mary has chosen that good part that shall not be taken from her. In other words, I'm not going to tell her to leave sitting at my feet so that she can help you do dishes. So next time Becca asks me to do dishes, I'm going to say, I'm praying. I never do dishes anyway. Don't you try to use that one. I already. (laughs) Mary was enthralled with the presence of Jesus. She knew who he was. She'd been touched by him. Come on. Forgiven by him. Impacted by him. Mary, the two Marys were the first ones to the tomb. The two Marys were the last ones at the cross. Come on. They, 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 were, they were with him the whole way. They loved him. Amen. They loved him with all of their hearts. He had done for them what nobody else can do. Not, and not only had he forgiven them and befriended them and helped them, but he had raised her brother from the dead. But it was deeper than that for Mary. It was, it was so much deeper than that. Everybody else was sitting with Jesus just enjoying his conversation. Enjoying just being with him. But they really didn't understand who he was and why he was there. Amen. Can you stay with me just for five more minutes? But Mary, Mary understood Mary understood who he was. Amen. There was a a deeper connection with Mary 
than I believe there was with a lot of the other people because she, she worshiped him with everything that she had. She understood who he was. She had, she had beheld his beauty. Amen. She had sat at his feet and heard his words. Amen. And when you sit at the feet of Jesus and hear his words, it's more than just listening to a sermon. Come on. It's more than just that somebody ministering to your intellect. Come on. It's, it's a deep spiritual connection and soothing of the deepest part of who you are. Amen. It's only through the interaction with God that we can receive true peace. Come on. True joy, true understanding, true wisdom. Somebody say amen. And as Mary comes into the room, the Bible says that she brought this spike nerd. Very valuable, very valuable ointment. She comes into the room and everybody's sitting, talking, conversing, doing whatever. She just goes right to Jesus. Lazarus is sitting right beside him. She goes and she begins to pour that ointment on his feet and, and worship him and dries it with the hair of her head. Right, she has humbled herself more than any person can be humbled. Have you ever dried anybody's feet with your hair? Have you ever thought about doing that? No, no, we do. We don't because the hair is very precious to us. Somebody say Amen. Amen. It's 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 a lot of times the identity. Amen. She 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 poured the ointment. And the whole room was filled with the odor and the fragrance of that ointment. Somebody say the room was filled with it. It changed the atmosphere of the room. Judas is like, these people are ridiculous. 300 pence. We could have got for that. And she just poured it on dude's feet. We got other oil for that. Right? We got other stuff that we can... Cheaper stuff. Come on. We got other cheaper stuff we can give God. We got stuff of lesser value that we can give him. Here, we'll give him these shirts that we never wear. Or these pants that we've grown out of. <clears throat> Come on. I'm going to have to give him the pants that got too big for me. No, I'll nail them to the wall and let it be a testimony. Glory. <laughs> no more 36. Now I'm a 34. Somebody say Amen. We'll give God something that, that means a little bit less, but the things that are valuable, we're going to keep back because we need that money. Come on. We need that. That's, that's more valuable to us than, than, than His presence. It's more valuable to us than what He has given us. But Mary had a different mindset because she understood who Jesus was. She had beheld the beauty of the Lord. Amen. She, she understood what He had done in her life, the miracles that He had performed. Uh, his presence in her life was worth more than the value of anything that people she possessed and she went and she poured it on his feet 
And she began to wipe it and spread it around with the hair of her head. Amen. Judas is upset because he's got the bag. Amen. He didn't care about giving it to the poor. He wanted the money. Somebody say amen. How many know that Mary didn't necessarily just do that because she wanted to bring worship to Jesus? She understood where he was about to go. I believe it. I believe that when there's a deep move of the spirit in our lives, that there will be a sacrificial laying down of ourselves and our will. We may not totally understand what he's doing or where he's going or what he's, uh, what he's going to do in our lives, but we know that it's going to take worship to get us there. Amen. And we know that in order for, for him to go where he needs to go, there's got to be an anointing that comes from us. Come on in our worship, Mary, there was a deep move of the spirit of God and Mary's heart and in her spirit and she understood that right now is the time for me to give him what I've been holding back and how many know that Jesus said she didn't do this for my benefit she did this she held this back for my burial Amen. She understood where I was about to go and what I was about to do. She understood that I was more valuable than, than any person that she'd ever had. And the price that I was getting ready to pay was going to pay the price to forgive our sins for all time. It was the beautiful sacrifice of the Son of God for the sins of the whole world. And Mary got there first. Mary got there first with her spirit. And I believe as she knelt down, as she began to rub that oil on him, amen, I believe that she could see the nail-scarred hands. Come on. She could see the nail-scarred feet. She could see the, 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 where the sword thrust in his side. Come on. She could see the price that was getting ready to be paid. Nothing is more valuable than the Lamb of God. Come on. Nothing was more valuable to God than his son. Nothing was more valuable to God than the life of that one that lived a perfect life. The life that that one had not spot or not blemish. Amen. But he did not withhold his son. He sent him to redeem the whole world from their sin. Come on. How many know that it was the beautiful sacrifice of the son of God that makes the perfect uh, 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 reconciliation for sinners? If it had not been for Jesus, where would we be? He's the focal point. Come on. He's the focal point of our worship. He's the focal point of our lives. He should be the focal point of all that we do. Amen. Why don't we stand all around the building, lift our hands to the Lord. In the book of Psalms, he tells us that we worship him. In the beauty of holiness. I mean, no, holiness is beauty. Holiness comes from God. What is holiness? Anybody know? What's, what's it mean to be holy? Pure. What else? Pleasing. What? Set apart. If you look up the word holy, if you look it up in the Strong's, it means to be set apart. It means that 
that the use, anything that's holy, the use of that thing is set apart for one thing. This is God's. We worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Holiness is a spirit of being set apart, set aside, separated unto God. This right here is for him. Come on. When Mary came that day to give him worship, it was in holiness. It was in holiness that Jesus went to that cross. Come on. It was in holiness that he set aside his life to become what we needed to be saved. He was distinguished. He was set apart. He was holy unto God. He was for God's use only. When Mary came that morning, that day, I don't know if it was breakfast or lunch. I'm hungry regardless. Breakfast or lunch. When she came that day, she's saying, this worship, this is for him. This worship that I have, that I've saved back, it's for him. Amen. Somebody say it's for him. And when heartfelt worship is released upon a Jesus, <laughs> that's deserving of all of our praise and all of our adoration. And anything that we could do to exalt his name. When it comes from a heart that's set apart. It changes the atmosphere. Because when hearts truly understand the beauty of God, there will be a worship released that nobody else can give. Amen. I want to ask you this morning, where's your worship go? What's most important to you? Do we hold it back for ball games? Do we hold it back for parties? Do we hold it back for fulfilling our own desires? What are we giving ourselves to? When we truly understand the beauty of the Lord in our lives, we'll have no trouble giving Him what He desires. Let me know He wants our hearts. Come on, there's a connection that God's trying to make this morning with us. It's a spirit of worship. It's the spirit of worship. And I don't know about anybody else in the building but I have made up my mind and God has solidified my spirit through this fast. I'm set apart for him. I'm going to save my emotion back and I'm going to give it to God. Come on. 
I'm going to save my mind back. And I'm going to give it to the Lord and to his word. I'm going to save my body. I'm going to hold it back. And I'm going to give it in service unto God. The truest worship that we can give is a worship that's set apart. It's holy unto the Lord. And it's very precious in his eyes. And it has, it has prophetic connotations with it. Amen. Because we can never be who God has called us to be without first laying down who we are and giving it to him. Come on. The only thing I have to give to him is myself. I wonder this morning if we could lift our hands and say, God, I've come to this place this morning lacking direction, but I know with a surety that I'm going to give myself to you, God. I lift my heart in worship to you, Lord. I give myself solely to you, God. I'm set apart. It's set apart for you. In the name of Jesus. Come on, why don't we lift our hands and pray for just a moment. It's not too late. We can go a few moments here and pray. God, in the name of Jesus, come on, lift your voices. Come on, lift your heart unto the Lord today. God, I'm not my own. I'm bought with a price. Lord, I'm not my own. God, I give it to you, Jesus. The thoughts of my mind, my dreams, my aspirations, Lord, my family, God, my finances, everything that I am, Lord, I place it in your hands, God. It's only because of your beauty, Lord, that I'm here. It's only because of your operation that I'm here. It's only because of your good pleasure that I'm here. Come on, lift it to him this morning. God wants to heal your heart. You got to connect with him with your spirit right now. God, I lift my spirit unto you. Come on, I lift my heart to you. I place it in your hands. Is there anybody that wants to come and just kneel at his feet this morning and worship him in the beauty of holiness? Come on. To connect with the beautiful presence of God and give yourself to him afresh. Is there anybody this morning that wants to fill this altar with praise and with worship and with adoration unto the Lord? God, I'm yours. I'm set apart for you, God. Hallelujah, I recommit, Lord, my heart to you. Come on, there's a deep, there's a deep connection he's wanting to make with you. It happens through your spirit. Come on, lift your spirit to him. If you got sin on your conscience, repent. Come on, confess it. Ask the Lord to forgive you and move on from it and reach for his love and for his mercy. If we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Come on, lift your spirit unto Him today and pray.
Come on, I'm happy for what you've done, Lord. I'm glad for what you've done in my life. I'm glad for you raising Lazarus from the dead. I'm glad for you saving my soul, Lord. God, but it's the, it's the price that you paid on Calvary. It's you taking my place on the cross. Come on, taking my sin and nailing it to the cross. Do it for me what I couldn't do for myself. I worship you this morning, Jesus. Fill this place with your beauty, God. Hallelujah. Let it rest upon the hearts and the minds of your people. God, let your spirit be a beautiful intervention, Lord, into the affairs of every life, God. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Lord, intervene, God. Devise means, Lord, that the banished be not expelled. Lord, be, move beyond our sight and our ability, God, and do what needs to be done. Lord, I lift it to you, Lord. Come on, lift your circumstances. Lift it to the Lord. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.